0: Hey there and welcome to the podcast. This year's Easter message was preached by Pastor Jonathan Eilert and it focuses on the journey of Peter, the disciple of Jesus, and what the resurrection meant for him and even more so what the resurrection means for all of us. Grace, peace, and joy be unto you from God the Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus the risen Christ. Amen. Amen. I had a great conversation a couple of weeks ago. And in the course of the conversation, I said to the person I was talking to, as I was making some theological point, I said, that was really good. I think that's going to be my Easter sermon this year. And I had that thought in my head for a few weeks, and suddenly it was gone. (laughs) And it just wouldn't come back to me. And I've been going through this last week thinking, what on earth am I going to say on Easter? I've got to have that thought come back, and it just wouldn't. And it finally got to the point that we're doing our devotions the other day, and I'm reading the gospel story for today, and I said, I've got to focus in on some specific details in the story this year. That's the way that I'm going to have a sermon. And so I started looking at phrases in this story that are really like, and one of them has always been, Why do you look for the living among the dead? And then there's also that that phrase, these words seem to them an idle tale. I love those phrases, but I also realized I've preached on them before. After 22 Easters of preaching, it gets more challenging to find those words in the story that really stand out for you that you haven't already talked about. But then we came to the end of the story and I found my detail there to dig into for this year, and it's Peter. Maybe it was just a desire to see more of the details. Maybe it was the way that Peter's part in the story kept jumping out to me last week when we read the account of the crucifixion on Passion Sunday. Peter out there in the courtyard outside of the high priest's house just couldn't bring himself to say that he knew Jesus as he denied him three times. And one of the reasons that it did is that I can't hear that story anymore without picturing the courtyard outside of the high priest's house in Jerusalem and the statue of Peter and his accusers that stands there. And reading this morning's story, I also have the image of an empty tomb that we saw in the Golan Heights. It's far from where Jesus would have been buried, but it's a great representation of the kind of tomb described in our gospel story. Of course, we also had our women at the tomb, but that's probably not the enduring image for today. So back to Peter in the courtyard on Friday. This scene of shame and betrayal, that's it for Peter in the story until the resurrection. Peter's part in the story, at this point, seems to be over. He has abandoned Jesus. There's no going back. Undoubtedly, Saturday was a day filled with regrets. What ifs. Fears about what could still happen to them at the hands of the Roman authorities. And probably also at that point, Some beginning thoughts about moving on and rebuilding from there. For the Jesus chapter in Peter's eyes is over. It was great while it lasted, but it's over now. Jesus said said it himself, it is finished. And now this? The tomb is what? Strange men at the tomb said what? What? seemed an idle tale. But something in Peter stirred in a different way than it did for the rest of the disciples. What was it? As I began to think about it the other day, I thought about several possibilities. Maybe it was relief. Maybe it was that there was a sliver of hope that Jesus actually hadn't died to assuage some guilt that Peter had. Maybe it was hope that Jesus really was unique, that Jesus really was more than a phenomenal teacher. Maybe for once, death and power were not going to win the day. Maybe that's what propelled Peter to the tomb. Or maybe, still at this point in the story, Maybe at this point, he's still unable to see, as he and the other disciples have been unable to see all the way up to this point. Maybe what was propelling him is not hope, but rather fear. Maybe on that Saturday, one of the things that comforted him in the aftermath of his betrayal is that at least Jesus died, and so that meant he wouldn't have to look into Jesus' eyes again and feel the shame of his betrayal. With Jesus dead, at least he wouldn't have to experience what was sure to be judgment and condemnation for his disgusting behavior. How could he abandon his friend? How could he not try to help him? and instead deny that he even knew him. At least with him dead, he didn't have to face the shame and the disappointment that he was certain Jesus would have. So maybe it was hope and excitement that was in his head as he ran to the tomb, but maybe it was shame and fear of facing Jesus. and Maybe... At the very least, it was some mix of both. But given the way that Luke has told the story to this point, with so much emphasis on the disbelief and disappointment of the disciples, I can't believe that this fear isn't at least part of his intention in the way that he tells the story. Because I think it's part of the deeper story that points to the power of the resurrection made manifest in our living out our daily discipleship in our lives. Luke is the writer of Luke's Gospel and the book of Acts, and I think there's a very intentional arc to the story of Peter's life between these two books. It's the Peter of Acts that is the same Peter that Luke never really understands. The same Peter that betrays Jesus and withdraws in shame, the same Peter that was stuck with everyone else in the zero-sum game of retribution and the death grip of unforgiveness, it's the same Peter that will soon hear the words, though, of the resurrected Jesus saying over him, Peace be with you the zero-sum game of retribution that has no outcome but judgment and death is itself put to death as the risen Christ appears to Peter without judgment, but rather with love and forgiveness in his eyes. And now Peter will see that death and judgment do not win. Peter will now see that the kingdom of God is really more powerful than these seemingly world-defining powers of death and judgment. Peter now sees the power of God's love unleashed in the world in Jesus and his eyes are finally opened to the true power of the Christ. So that it isn't long after all of this wonderment that we find the same Peter that withdrew in shame now preaching the sermon that we heard in our first lesson for today. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. In Peter, we have this example of what it means to trust in the Easter story. Like Peter, we live in a zero-sum world of death and judgment, but in the resurrection, God proclaims the world instead to be a place of redemption. Because in the end, love and forgiveness are the ultimate answers. And we can say that we believe it, we can even feel that way towards others often, but the rubber really hits the road for us when we stand in Peter's shoes. For Far too often we trap ourselves in the zero-sum game of unforgiveness, defeat, and death. There's no hope for me. I'm just too far gone. I had a young man come into my office the other day to talk with me about something that he had done that he is ashamed of, and he talked with me about what he could do to make up for it. He wanted me to give him a list of requirements to reset the list of judgment against against him as defined by the world. But it was a list by the world's standards that I simply could not give him. But as I saw his faith that day, I found myself praying that his faith would be the ultimate awakening that he would experience. I began to pray that like Peter, he would look into the eyes of Jesus and see love and forgiveness born out of the resurrection power of God. I prayed that he would hear these words of peace and love that have the power to free him of his unforgiveness and to empower him in his discipleship in the world. This is my Easter prayer for all of you. I pray that as you find yourselves in the shoes of Peter, that you don't get stuck in the downward stare of shame and death. I pray that the Spirit will help you to raise your heads to look into the loving eyes of the risen Christ and see the joy and the possibilities of living life in His love and forgiveness. I pray that like the first converts in Jerusalem, you'll hear these words that Peter preached from Psalm 16 as words of promise and hope as he shared them that day to the first who believed in the power of God's love and forgiveness. Jesus Christ. He said, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand so that I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh will live in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One experience corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. And you will make me full of gladness with your presence. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.